Amen. How is everybody this morning? Blessed. Blessed and highly favored. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I feel so good in the Lord. I, I was studying last night, and I studied, and I fell asleep. Come back on. My good? Yeah. And so, but this morning, God woke me up with something totally different. <laughs> I just, sometimes I think, do I even need to study at night or just what? Yeah, this one's on. Okay. But I mean, I had such a overwhelming presence of God this morning. I just felt like it was purpose. I mean, you, you know how sometimes you study and you reach, and then sometimes you just know that it's purpose. You know that God's going to be there, and He's going to do something, and He's just waiting for you to show up to get it on. <laughs> Is that right? Just waiting for you to show up so that He can get it on. And that's the way I felt this morning. And I, I was uh, studying in Genesis, and we're going to let Kathy come and, and bring Brother Matter on. Absolutely, that word she was telling me about David and Goliath was awesome. But I just wanted to touch this morning just a little tidbit, because I did feel like there was such purpose in it. Uh, I, was, uh, I woke up with Joseph on my mind, and how that we know that Joseph was like a type of Christ in the Old Testament. We know that. And, uh, and immediately I fell in love with the word sovereignty when I started learning about God and His purpose for my life. Okay? There's a difference now because we're, we're we talk about kingdom. And pretty much everything I will ever uh, teach on or speak on will be kingdom because <laughs> I'm just not called any other direction. So there's a lot of different ways to explain the kingdom, but, this, but sovereignty is one of the ways God showed me purpose for my life. I had to not understand me, I had to understand Him. And that's a big thing to grasp, God. <laughs> but He'll break it down in little bits, and He'll say, just understand my purpose for your life, Donald. <laughs> Start out there. What is God's purpose for my life? No, I don't need to try to figure out anybody else's because that's when we get all upside down and sideways. When we think we know what's best for someone else in their ministry or their walk with God. When we clearly know the scripture says, let every man work out his own salvation. Is that right? Somebody wave at me. I want to know you're with me. Amen. So we need to work out our own salvation first. And what that is, is not me just deciding to do something and working towards it. It's me finding out what God wants to do with me. Yeah. Amen. And once I understand that, then I begin to understand Him, Lisa, and His sovereignty for my life. And then regardless what I go through, I got a plan. Regardless what I'm in or where I may be stationed, God has a plan for me and it's okay. He's working it out. I'm walking it out. 
He's working it out through me. Amen. And so this morning, I was, I was studying on Joseph, and I was, you know, got my little blue letter Bible down, looking up Scripture, looking up Scripture, because it's just coming to me, like flipping through a Rolodex. You know, and I'm like, okay, where's that one at? And where's that one at? And I love it when it's like that, but I can't keep up with him sometimes, you know. But I thought, there's three different ways you could approach this. There's actually 75,000 ways you could approach this one little scripture in the Bible. But I thought of three different ways. I thought, you know, for someone who is a mastery in Bible study and, and has spent their entire life in a quest to know Him, and they have studied the Word of God. And they have took notes when the preacher was preaching. And they have went back and ate that Word. And they prayed over that Word. I'm not just talking about the Bible. I'm talking about the preached Word. Because whether you believe it or not, the Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? So there's something to do with this preacher here that we're sitting under. Yes. <laughs> Is that right? Yes, that's right. So someone who has spent their life mastering in mastery of Bible study, then you could simply title this The Sovereignty of God. And there should be crying and weeping all over the house. (laughs) If you really understood sovereignty for your life, just to hear those words, The Sovereignty of God, is like a soltus. It's like a balm. (laughs) And you know it's good for you. And it just makes you want to reach out to Him. Amen. And then I thought for those who are uh, persevering to study the Word of God, because in every church, there's all different levels of people and understandings and, and faith. Amen. But for those who are persevering to study and to understand the Word, maybe a student of the Word, you could say, you may have been in this 10 years, 15 years, but you're still a student of the Word. You know, And we all are in a sense, but I'm talking about you still are learning, 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 learning. I thought uh, uh, striving to understand is I thought a good title might be what Jesus told His disciples when He was teaching them. He said, take heed how you hear. That would be a good title. Take heed for the student of God who's persevering to to understand purpose in their life and what they're going through. Because I want to tell you something. We may put ourselves way up here, but the storm shows us exactly where we're at. So Jesus said to His disciples, and disciples means the ones He was teaching, If you claim to be a disciple of God, then what you're claiming to be is a student of the Word. You're ever learning. This is what he said. Take heed how you hear. Not necessarily what you hear, but how you hear it. Because every one of us can hear the same Word today when Brother Metter comes out to preach. But how we hear it, how we receive it, is determined next week. Is that right? That's right. That's absolutely right. And then I thought for the rest of us who's just struggling to hang on. <laughs> for the rest of us who are just struggling to hang on. I mean, our, our elbows and knees are is scratched up. We've got a few bruises on the palms of our hands and the feet of, and the soles of our feet. a little sore from running over the gravels trying to keep up. Sometimes we get drunk. <laughs> but I thought this would be a good title. The devil meant it for my harm, but Jesus turned it around for my good. 
Is that right? The devil meant it for my harm, but Jesus turned it around for my good. (laughs) Because every bit of that sovereignty, every bit of that sovereignty, it's how we perceive the storm. It's how we hear the word. It's how we understand God's purpose for our life. And in saying that, I just wanted to say that through suffering, God put Joseph where he needed to be and in a place that no amount of Bible study could get him there. No amount of degrees could get him there. No resume that he could write up for himself or his daddy could have wrote for him would have ever put him in Pharaoh's house. Is that right? In, in, that's right. The Egyptian household. Nothing Joseph could have done in his self or his daddy or his ancestors could have ever put him in the will of God. <laughs> he had to suffer to get there. He's a type of Christ. Nothing Jesus could have done in his flesh. No resume. Because I'll tell you what Paul did. Paul took his resume, crumpled it up, and threw it away. And he said, that don't get me in the will of God. That don't put me in his sovereign place. Amen. <laughs> but through suffering, Joseph was right on time. Is that right, somebody? Amen. Let's read uh, in Genesis real quick. Flip over to Genesis chapter mm, 50. It's the very last chapter in Genesis. We're going to start with verse 19 and just read 19 and 20 real quick. Genesis 50, 19 and 20. Very last chapter in Genesis. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not. I want to tell you something. This is why Kathy's going to come on and close this. While brother, when I say close this, bring Brother Metter out. Because she was talking to me this morning. I love it whenever everybody's on the same page. She came up to me this morning when I was getting the mic and she said, let me tell you something. Do you know what the shadow of death is? Do you know where that's at? Do you know why he said, I'll fear no evil? <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my. <laughs> oh my, ain't God good. Ain't God good how, how He will show us things and bring us together, hallelujah, in the Word to accomplish His plan and His purpose. Not mine, not Kathy's, not Donald's, not Justin's, but His. But He'll bring all of us, this menagerie, motley crew, diversity, together to accomplish one thing. And only God can do that. Only God can do that. Hallelujah. He said, fear not. See, when you understand sovereignty, it takes the fear out of it, don't it, Sister Kathy? (laughs) When you understand purpose, when you understand God's plan for your life, then the fear suddenly isn't as bad. It, it, it leaves. It dissipates. The smoke is there. The devil threw a smoke up to blind us so that we would be afraid because we can't see and we want to grope at things. But then the breeze of God will come by and clear things up with just a word. 
with just a word. Peace. Be still. And sometimes he don't speak to the fog. Sometimes he speaks to us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes he doesn't calm the storm. But he calms me. Hallelujah. Because of sovereignty. Because the devil meant it for my harm. But Jesus turned it around for my good. Hallelujah. And I have trusted him through it all. I trusted Him in the darkness. I trusted Him through the sickness. I trusted Him through the persecution. I, t I held on to that thing that I heard in the beginning, which is we're going to the other side. Hallelujah. My God, He said we're going to the other side and then told them, go ahead now. And you know what they did? They're like, okay, we fishermen. We can row this boat. We can do this. How many times has God told you to do something and you just cocky and full of confidence said, piece of cake. Get on board that boat. You know, nowadays it ain't this. It's... <laughs> Get on board that boat. You take off thinking I got this. And the whole time God's saying, the reason I put you out there is because you ain't got this. Because you, yeah, you ain't got this. If you got this, it's your plan. But if I got this, it's my plan. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sovereignty of God. My resume can't take me where I need to go. Do you have, you have no idea how many times I've asked God, why did you make me a girl? You have no idea how many times I've asked God that. More times than I've asked anything, I guess. More times than I ask, why did I get cancer? More times than I ask, why don't my kids... Why do they go to other places instead of with me? More times than I've asked, why did my family have to fall apart? More times, you know why? Because I can trust God with that. This, I'm like, <laughs> it just don't make sense. <laughs> it just, I, yes, I could really, you know. <laughs> what we ask God, we question God, and all because... We want to know the sovereignty of God. We want to understand. But there's some things that's just not going to be revealed until you get through the storm and you look back and you're like, oh, oh, that was it. It's so easy to see it on this side. It's so hard to see it on that side. But it's so easy to see it on this side. Is that right? Joseph said unto them, fear not, for I, for for am I in the place of God? Verse 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me. <laughs> but God meant it unto good. You thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. Hallelujah. There's some things that's happened in our life because we are flesh. Come on, somebody say it with me. I ain't got my spiritual body yet. I'm still flesh. I'm still subject to carnality. I'm still subject to this world right now. Amen. Because the last enemy has not been defeated yet. What is the last enemy? Death. That's right. And a lot of people aggravate... This is just a little side note. But a lot of people, it aggravates me to no end. Whenever my grandparents had passed away, I was standing there at their coffin, and everybody would come up and say, Oh, Susie, you should rejoice. Oh, Susie, you should be glad. And I'm like, that's their enemy. 
That's my enemy. Not my grandparents, but that death that's got a hold of them. That is my enemy. Don't tell me, don't tell me to be tolerant. They'll say, nowadays, that's the new word. That's the new buzzword. Tolerance. Tolerance. We should tolerate everybody. We should love everybody. Don't tell me to tolerate a snake in my house. Ain't going to happen. I know my enemy, and I'm not going to tolerate him. Not for a second. (laughs) And I will do anything and everything in my power against him as much as God will allow me. Come on. Is that right, somebody? I'm not going to tolerate sin, and I'm not going to tolerate the devil. We push that aside. We stamp that out. But we have to understand the sovereignty of God and what is good and bad. If I have done all I can do to perform the will of God in my life and some tragedy befalls me, I don't need to spend years and years and years beating myself up. What did I do wrong? What did I... Do you know there's some people that's actually fell away from God on the counter? They did not understand the sovereignty of God in their life? There's some people that's actually given up on God. They're doing it every day. I don't. How many people has called you on the phone in the last week and said, I don't understand why this is happening to me? I don't understand. Well, there's only two reasons. Either we're in disobedience and it's chastisement, or we're in the plan of God. <laughs> and after you have repented, my God... Pick yourself up, clean yourself off, and go on for God, believing His plan is working in your life. Trusting the sovereignty of God to bring about a good end. Hallelujah. You look at that devil in this situation, and you take authority over it, amen. And you say, devil, you meant this for my harm. But God's going to turn it around for my good. Because I am in the will of God. And I understand sovereignty for my life. I believe sovereignty for my life. I believe He is a sovereign God and He has me in the palm of His hands. The Bible said that a, that a mother, a nursing mother, could forget her children way sooner than God could forget His. And if you're a mother, you understand exactly how the gravity of that statement. He said, I've graven you in the palms of my hands. Hallelujah. And we have the, the audacity to question God and say, have you forgot me? He's like, you don't understand. I'm carrying you. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. I've got you in the palm of my hand. You don't understand. This thing right here, I've lifted you up above the death. I've lifted you up above your enemy. You're suffering, but you ain't dying. Come on, somebody. I'm working something. I'm taking you somewhere that you could not take yourself. Hallelujah. That your resume couldn't get you. That your uh, um, genealogy, who you were and who you knew couldn't get you, amen. Joseph went to Pharaoh's house, became second in command of all of Egypt. A Hebrew couldn't do that, but God could. Come on, somebody. God could. Glory to God. And we're going through some of the things we're going through because God has a plan. Somebody raise your hand right now and say, I'm going through some of the things I'm going through because God has a plan. 
Now I want you to raise the other hand and say, my friends and my neighbors, hallelujah, that's right now in confusion and in despair and they're questioning and they're confused. I'm going to get a word and I'm going to dig something out today, amen, and I'm going to put it in my arsenal belt so that when I run up on them, so when they call me in the middle of the night, I'll have an answer for them. God's got a plan, hallelujah. God's taking you somewhere. God's taking your children somewhere. God's taking your grandchildren somewhere. Oh, he can't use my grandbaby like that. My grandbaby's just a little bitty uh, infant. I want to tell you how old was Moses. <laughs> oh, God. Whenever the enemy was trying to kill him. Come on, somebody. How old was Moses when his mother had to put him in the bulrush and walk away from him? My God. Could you even imagine the pain that would be trusting God? But God had a plan. <laughs> Amen. I feel an anointing this morning. We need to understand that God has a plan. Amen. I'm not going through this alone. He is with me. Hallelujah. I'm not suffering this alone, for He is with me. Hallelujah. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for Thou art with me. this morning. The Bible said that God, His eyes is searching this morning for somebody that He can show Himself strong in their behalf. Hallelujah. See, it's in our weakness that we are made strong. Amen. Hallelujah. He's fortified in my life when I surrender myself. Glory to God. Whenever I confess, I cannot, but He can. Because it's in His plan. Amen. This didn't take God by surprise. Whatever we're going through, and I feel like we may be talking to some people out there. Amen. That may not be sitting right here, but that's all right. Because God knows how to get the word to you. Hallelujah. We got to understand who God is. We got to walk in this kingdom. How are we going to walk in this kingdom if we don't know nothing about the king? Come on. Can I use just a little reference of Esther? Amen. I mean, I don't want to just jump all over the Bible. But Esther, she was the one who won the beauty pageant. Is that right? When she was bathing and sitting in them oils. And she was preparing for the king. Every other girl in that little uh, 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 ministry of women was doing what they wanted, what they liked, what they thought. But you know what Esther said when the chamberlain came in with all these beautiful garments? It stuck with me for a long time. I can see them girls just running, trying to beat the other one to get over there. Oh, I like pink. Pink makes my eyes pop. Oh, I like purple. Purple's my favorite color. (sighs) Come on now. You know what Esther did? She passed the garments up and she went to the chamberlain and she said, what does my king like? What does my king desire? What would please him? (laughs) God's got a plan this morning. We need to ask him, God, what will please you? What am I doing, God, that's contrary? What am I doing maybe that I think's right, but you think's wrong? (laughs) What am I running from that maybe you want me to back up and go back and redo again? Or maybe just sit through some stuff? You know, a lot of times it ain't about what we do. It's just about sitting a spell. (laughs) 
And that's hard for some of us to do. Amen. It's just sit a spell. But I remember one time God said, I want to heal your heart. It's broken in a million pieces. And you've left home thinking that you could heal it yourself, but you couldn't. And you look for love in all the wrong places, thinking that might fill that void, but it couldn't. He said, but I'm going to tell you, I'm ready to heal you now. Amen. But he said, let me tell you how it's going to come about. I want you to go and sit a spell. Don't get your notebook out. Because this ain't about you teaching anybody else. <laughs> Don't get your pencil out. He said, I just want you to sit and I just want you to bathe. Just bathe in the Word. You find that Anthony Wynn. <laughs> when I found John Metter, it was two and a half hours to Fort Payne. And whenever God spoke to me about Anthony Wynn, it was about two and a half hours to Riceville, Tennessee. <laughs> and I'd work on Tuesdays, get off and drive straight to Riceville, Tennessee. The only time I could go was on Tuesday nights. And it took, I don't know, what seemed like maybe nine months until all of a sudden in one service. And, it, and I was kind of like Naaman. <laughs> I surely figured that, that the preacher would come out with his oil bottle. <laughs> Pour out a big old handful and lay it on my head and speak a word over me. <sighs> But he didn't. You know how it came? It came through hurt. My healing came through hurt. This woman, Sheila, got up and began to testify about how God had healed her daddy. And see, the whole reason my heart was broken was because God didn't heal my daddy, my papa, my mama. And immediately, Sister Pat, there was this gall kind of rose up inside of me. And I thought, you have no idea how kind of mad, what kind of mad I can get sometimes. And there's just this, I mean, I didn't show out, or, but there's a, a bitterness, I mean, a gall rose up inside of me and I just thought, makes me so mad. Yeah, you do it for her. What's so special about her? What's so special about them? You know, have I not served you just as faithful? Uh, come on now. I mean, I'm just being transparent. Right? And, 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 and God just kind of spoke to me. And he said, are you going to sit here through this service and make them battle that evil spirit inside of you? Oh, my God. And all of a sudden, where I had Frankenstein, my heart back together <laughs> with all of this different stuff. Not understanding sovereignty. Not understanding my king. Not understanding why he would allow that. And I tried myself to put it back together and just created this monstrous thing inside of me that was full of bitter and full of gall and full of hatred and full of evil. It was evil, Pat. I could feel the evilness in it. Are you going to allow these people to have to fight that spirit, fight that spirit? Are you going to allow it to dominate this service? And you may be sitting here today thinking, oh, I don't have that in me. Oh, yes, we do. We don't want to admit it, but oh, yes, we do. When we are in disobedience, we are in sin. And it creates something inside of us, a hardness. It that's what that's, when you keep rejecting, rejecting the Spirit of God and His wooings, you're, you're, you're in disobedience and it creates a hardness inside of you. A hardness that you can't overcome anymore. And you're going to have to have backup. You're going to have to have help. And I remember I said, no, 
no, I'm not going to do that. And then I remember the words of another little brother that said, Susie, have you ever just threw your hands up and thanked God for taking your parents? I could have ripped him to pieces when he said that to me. People really need to know who they're approaching. Because <laughs> just like them sons of Sceva, I had some devils in me. I, they wanted to rip and tear him when he said that. That was a devil. That ain't, that ain't the love of God. I mean, you can take it whatever you want to take it. I'm being honest with you. I hated him for saying that to me. And I could, I'd have ripped him up if I could have. And, uh, but I heard his voice in my ear saying, have you ever raised your hands and just thank God? And I said, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And I sat there and I said, I, I promise I won't be mean anymore. I won't, I won't hate this woman. I won't hate her family. And I'll rejoice that God healed her daddy. But I can't raise my hands. I can't do that. And then the sovereignty of God just... <laughs> it's that old song, that old Christian anthem, Amazing Grace. <laughs> because it's amazing how grace can cover you. It's amazing how grace can heal you. It's amazing how grace can fix you when nothing else can. When you surrender to His will, His plan for you, His sovereignty, amen, and what the devil meant for harm. I want to tell you, the devil laughed at me, Brother John, for years whenever I was in that shape. I mean, the devil would come by. Me and him was opponents, and we fought. I fought the devil. But when that happened, I wasn't even worthy. I, can, I remember the devil would walk by me and just go... And there I was just huddled in a corner in all this confusion and anger and bitterness. But God healed my heart. Do you know how? Because I surrendered. <laughs> I just began to surrender. And I can remember thinking I felt grace come over me because I was being honest with God. There was no more hiding. There was no more fighting. <laughs> just surrender. <laughs> just surrender. <laughs> and I remember I was like, God, I'll do this and I'll do that. I don't know if I can do this other. And God's like, my grace can. I have a plan for you, Susie. <laughs> I have a plan for you. I hear him saying, Donald, I have a plan for you. You may not understand it right now. And you may be wondering about a bunch of things. But I hear God saying, I have a plan for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, God's got purpose. Amen. He's got purpose. Hallelujah. It's the sovereignty of God. Hallelujah. Woof. And I surrendered. And I said, I, I can't. And God said, I can. And He just went over me with a healing. And all of a sudden, I felt them Frankenstein stitches just being pulled through like pulling a lace out of a shoe. I felt them leaving me. Amen. And I felt the healing balm of Gilead begin to minister to me. Hallelujah. And as that happened, I could feel my hands just like gravity taking hold of me. And they were going up in the air. I opened my eyes to look. I couldn't even believe it. And when they got straight up, I remember my voice saying, I thank you, oh God. I thank you for your plan for my life. I thank you for saving my grandparents. The day never came out of my mouth I never thanked him for death but I thanked him for salvation I thanked him knowing that they were asleep in Jesus <laughs> I'm telling you God had a plan for them he's got a plan for me and he's got a plan for you amen we got to understand this thing because if we don't we'll get in confusion and run from the very thing that we need we'll get hard because that's what the devil wants 
He wants to turn it around so that you see the back. You, you can't see the back side of this thing. All you see is the storm approaching. Amen. And the first thing we do is get in our carnality and we fear. Glory to God. But God said, I'm going to take what the devil meant for harm and I'm going to do it for good. Amen. Can I let Sister Kathy bring you on? Come on, Sister Kathy. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. She could have just kept going for my part. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was just sharing with her a little bit of what the Lord did last night. Um, Actually, it was after service, after I got home, after I had ministered the message. And um, there was so much that he showed me in the story of David and Goliath. And I've never seen it that way before. It's a simple story, really. But one of the things that he brought to me was uh, in the third verse there of of, uh, the story, it says that the Philistines were on a mountain. And on the other mountain was the Israelite army. And there was a valley between them. And I don't know, it's been four or five weeks ago that God started planting that message in me for last night. And he just kept adding to it and dealing with it and and showing me different things. But um, I, I have pondered that valley the whole time. I've pondered that valley and the significance of it being in the Word. Because I don't believe there's one word in the Bible that is there by happenstance. I don't believe it's there by coincidence. I don't think it's there just to fill a place. But I believe God had a reason for the details that He put in the Word of God because the Word tells us it's by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I kept pondering that valley and and and... and God, there were several things as I went through that message and I began to minister and everything. But when I got home and laid down in bed was really when God spoke this part to me. But the valley was there because if you understand what what went on in battles back then, uh, you would have to go down your mountain. You would have to leave your mountaintop and go down into the valley and then up the other side to get to your enemy to take him out. It's the only way you could do it. So Goliath stood on his mountain for 40 days. I find that very interesting. 40 days he stood up there taunting the Israelite army, calling out to them, trying to pick a fight with them for 40 days. And they didn't go fight because, wow, they were scared. The Word bears it out very plainly. They were scared. They were sore afraid, the Word says. And they didn't want to go fight Goliath. But if they had not been afraid, they would have went down into the valley and up the other side. And during that travel, in that valley, they're very vulnerable. Because what's going to happen is the enemy up there is going to see you coming. And they're going to shoot down on you. And that's very likely going to be a valley of death. Well, I understood all of that. But when I laid down last night and I was kindly pondering in my heart things... Psalms 23 came to me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's just like a light bulb exploded in my soul. And I said, God, I know what he means. I know what he means, God. Yea, though I have to go down off of my mountain. And I have to go into that valley where I'm vulnerable, God. And where the enemy has a good side on me, God. Where he can take his pleasure with me. Yea, though I have to go down in there. 
I will fear no evil. Goliath has no hold on me. He may be 10 foot tall. He may be wearing 125 pounds of armor. The spear of his, uh, the head of his spear may weigh 15 pounds. Hallelujah. But I have no fear of him. You see, the Israelite army, they saw this tall, huge giant of a man, a mighty warrior, a champion of the Philistines. And they were afraid because what they saw was that he was too powerful to beat. In their mind, they couldn't conceive that they could overcome him. He was too big. He was too bad. He was too mean. He had too much power. But when David looked at the same man, David saw something different. David saw a target that was too big to miss. Hallelujah. It was a target so big there was no way he was going to miss that target. It's a matter of how you see. They were looking through their natural eyes, the Israelite army was. But David was looking through his spirit and he said, I've killed the bear and I've killed the lion and I've recovered the lost sheep, the stolen sheep, hallelujah. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he'll be no different, hallelujah. But I'll take him down, hallelujah. And all the earth will know that there is a God of the Israelite army. That's what the Word says. If you go there and read the story, one of the verses says, and all the earth will know. My God. Sister Pat, can you say that all the earth is going to know? Hallelujah. All the earth is going to know. Hallelujah. It's going to be a testimony. It's for God's purpose. Hallelujah. My God. One of the very first messages I ever ministered, I titled it, God's Got a Plan. Hallelujah. And it was about the Israelites with the sea in front of them and the the Egyptians bearing down on them. God had a plan even then. Hallelujah. He's got a plan. My God, I'm thankful. There is so much that I got out of that, that one chapter preparing for this message. I can't even tell you. I found notes from like 2009 that pastor had ministered and and I had written, David met fear with faith. Hallelujah. He met fear with faith. How are we meeting our fear? Are we seeing the giant through the natural eyes? Are we seeing it too big, too bad, too powerful to overtake uh, for us to overtake it? That it's going to consume us. Or do we see a target too big to miss? My God, how's your vision? What's your enemy looking like to you this morning? Hallelujah. Can you fight your battle and win it in the spirit first? Because you'll never win it in the natural. I don't care if it's a natural battle. You're going to have to fight it in the spirit and overcome it in the spirit. God has so driven that home to me this week. Overcome it in the spirit first. Then he'll show you what to do in the natural. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready, Pastor? Hallelujah. Come on. I'll be preaching a whole message if I stay up here. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the grace and mercy of God. Hallelujah. You go through this next week, this next month, this next year. Hallelujah. When you see your battle coming, you say, okay, I see you, Goliath. You're a target too big to miss. Here we come. David ran toward the enemy. He ran. He hastened. The word said he hastened. He was eager to take him out. Are you eager to take your enemy out? (laughs) Hallelujah. Make our pastor welcome.
you, Lord. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? I'm going to tell you, i got an excitement in my spirit. I do. i got an excitement. And Sister Kathy, I don't know if you was coming to the church when I preached on the 23rd Psalm, but I preached five services off the 23rd Psalm. Five services, probably, I think, close to six hours in those five services, just off the 23rd Psalm. And the Lord dealt with me, and, and this goes right along with what you said, but what the Lord dealt with me about when David said that, yea, do I walk through the valley of shadow of death. You read that scripture and you read it. Israel's on a mountain. Philistines was on a mountain. A lot of times they would pitch their camps on a mountain and they would come down in that valley to fight. And that's where death was going to happen. And David said, doesn't matter. I'm fixing to go to war. I'm fixing to go to battle. There's a lot of people fixing to die. He said, but I got confidence in my God. Got confidence in my God because I'm fixing to walk right down in the middle of a valley where people fixing to die. People out there are going to be trying to kill me. But I'm walking in there with a confidence because of the Word of God and the strength of the Spirit of God. He said, I'm walking in there in that confidence. Hallelujah. God's got a purpose. Did you know it says His Word is forever settled. Can't be changed. This right here can't be changed. It's forever settled. And there's a predestination and a foreordained purpose for the people that are chosen of God. And I'm one of those people. You're one of those people. God didn't put you under this Word just to get you to repent of your sins. God put you under this word to mold you and make you and take you somewhere. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something. We finally was able to get the word up on the website from last week. Get a CD, get a DVD, go back and listen to it. Because I'm going to tell you, there was so much revealed last week till it was unbelievable. I mean, God just... When I sat down there and that word started rolling out of me, I guess for a solid hour, God just revealed things. And I've told people about it this week, and I told my wife, I said, people ain't going to believe what God started revealing last week. They just ain't going to believe it. They just ain't going to believe it. Because the church has taught people so different to what God wants to reveal and bring forth. This right here is God's house. This is God's house. He's going to live in here. There's going to come a time He's going to live in here in the fullness. Amen. And it's my right to inherit this. It's my sovereign right <laughs> to inherit this. Because God said I could. God said I could. But when the Lord spoke to me last week, and I don't know how many of you caught it, we're fixing to go in tribulation. We're fixing to go in persecution. We're fixing to go in a time of trouble. But the Lord spoke to me last week and told me the tribulation we're going in is the sufferings of Christ. It's the sufferings of Christ. And what those sufferings are going to do is bring us to the place to become sons of God. 
We're going to go through this tribulation. We're going to put on the life and the ministry of the Son of Man. But when we get to the end of this tribulation, we're going to put on the sons of God ministry. Y'all ever read the scripture? He that endureth unto the end, the same shall be what? Do y'all know what that means? It means you make it through tribulation. <laughs> you endure through tribulation, you're going to put on the sons of God ministry. You're going to put it on. People don't believe in going through tribulation, you ain't never going to possess anything. You never possess anything. God is revealing Himself. And I'm excited. Because I won't. And, and I've been telling God all week, something got to happen. Something, look at the evils in the earth. Look at the forces of hell that's just, I mean, just taking people's minds. It's everywhere. And we've got to have the ministry of the Son of Man right now to step on the scene to take us into the authority and dominion that we need to walk through this. Jesus did not possess the fullness of God as a man on this earth. He did not become God in the fullness till after his resurrection. And we ain't going to either. But we're going to come in this ministry of the Son of Man. And that's what I'm going to minister on today. We're coming in the ministry of the Son of Man. Amen. And that's where, that's God's plan for me. And I believe it's God's plan for some of you. You're going, you're going to hit a lot of bumps along the road. You're going to dig yourself out of a lot of pits. And you're going to walk through a lot of valleys. But it's all going to be in God's plan. Won't you go with me to Luke, the 17th chapter. And I don't know exactly how the Lord's going to let me reveal this or break it down. Because sometimes what I got up here, don't get down here. <laughs> I got it up here. It says, Pat, but I have a hard time getting it to go round and round and cycle and recycle and come out right. But I love my Jesus. And I love what he's revealing. And I love what he wants to bring us into. Hallelujah. You know, if we just love him, if we just love him, they don't tell him where he'd take us. I remember Brother Lonzo Cromer, and those of y'all don't know him, y'all will get to meet him when he gets to come up here sometime. And he'll be coming as the church grows. I don't want to bring any minister in until I've got the church established and the church is growing and they can come in and have a good meeting. But I, I feel something fixing to happen. I just feel something fixing to happen. Man, there's such an excitement in my spirit. I was sitting on the porch this morning right about sunup drinking a cup of coffee and little old new calf out there just a running and a bucking and a kicking them heels up and flopping that tail back and forth over his back. And I said, buddy, I feel the same way. <laughs> I said, I feel the same way about what God's doing. So you just go ahead and throw yourself a party. Because <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. We was in the same spirit this morning. Hallelujah. 
from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verse 22. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. Do y'all know where they are right now? Do y'all know people are wanting to know where the miracles is, where the deliverance is, where's the move of God? Where's the move of God we used to see? Where's the miracles? My God, the, the 40s, 50s, and into the 60s was full of miracles. I mean, there was such a miracle move of God that it shook the world. Preachers went all over the world preaching nothing but faith and having miracles. And he said, there'll come a day. You're going to desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. And you ain't going to be able to find it. You can't see it. And that's where we are right now. I mean, every time I turn around, people won't know, Brother Middle, where's God? Where's the move of God? Where's the act of God? Where's the deliverance of God? Where's the power of God? And they'll start telling me, man, when I grew up in church, we saw miracles. I grew up in miracles. I grew up in faith and deliverance. I didn't know what a doctor was. I was 18 years old and had to go take a physical from the army. Never went to one. God healed us. God delivered us. So, healing revivals that 20 and 22 and 23,000 people a night was under big tents for weeks at a time. And they'd back them in in ambulances in rows. Had a tent out there as big as the tents I preached revival under just for sick folks. Had three or 400 people on cots laid out in the tent. Men come in and pray the prayer of faith for them and 90% of them get healed. I mean, night after night after night. And now, nothing. Oh, you got so much of junk. Bunch of prosperity gospel and material things and people wanting a prophecy for prosperity. Not for an act or a move of God. So we we right here, right now, we desiring to see one of the days of the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Y'all stay with me. We're going somewhere. Glory be to God. And they shall say to you, see here. Or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall all the Son of Man so, so all, shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Now, hold that scripture right there and let's go to Malachi, the third chapter. When y'all get there, say amen. Man, I feel a wheel a turning in the middle of the wheel today. I'm going to tell you, when I read that scripture last week in Revelation 20, in the very first verse, how did that angel, Bible said, and a mighty angel came down from heaven, having a key to the bottomless pit and a chain in his hand to bind Satan a thousand years that he could deceive the nations for that period of time. He couldn't deceive them. And just like that, the voice of the Lord spoke to me and flipped me back over to Matthew 16, and, and I believe 16, where it says, 
Thou art Peter, and behold, I give unto thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and upon this rock I will build a church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That bottomless pit is hell. That key that angel had that was coming down was the key to the kingdom, and that chain was the authority of the word of God to bind the devil. Are you listening to me? There is an authority of God's word and God's spirit. It, it lived in that son of man and it's fixing to live in us because Jesus said as lightning cometh out of one part of the heaven and shineth to the other part like that lightning flashes like that like that and he said in my, here in Malachi behold I send my messenger before my face to do what? to prepare What's God been doing to us? Preparedness. Preparedness. And he said, and suddenly, suddenly, the Spirit of the Lord's going to come where? Right. Suddenly. Like lightning flash. Like lightning flash. I heard the voice of the Lord last week before I walked out that door. He said, in just a few days, he said, the ministry of the Son of Man shall step on the scene. Just a few days. See, everybody wants to put this thing out in the future and put it out there and put it off. And boy, I keep wondering when God's going to move. I ain't wondering when God's going to move. I'm fighting for it. I'm fighting for it. I got an inheritance. I, I got a possession. God's got a plan. I, are you hearing me? I, and I'm tired of sitting back. I, I told God it's time for something to happen. I, I said it's time. I, everybody's wanting to see one of the days of the Son of Man. I, and you said, and you shall not see it. I, and what's everybody doing? I, they're looking for something. I, and they ain't finding nothing I, but good prosperity packages. That's all preachers are preaching. Send me a thousand dollars and God will give you ten thousand. I see people posting on Facebook all the time. Some preacher says, like this, and they'll put up some kind of saying about money or something. Like this, and in 24 hours, you get money. I'll tell you something, God ain't your fairy godmother. <laughs> and God ain't your ATM. If you quit seeking his hand, start seeking his face, start seeking his kingdom, Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all these things that the Gentiles fight and labor for and desire to have, he said, I'll give them to you. You seek first my kingdom. You seek first to get my righteousness revealed. Where does our righteousness come from? Jesus living in here. You ain't got no righteousness. He said your righteousness is filthy rags. You ain't got none. But you get him living in you. You get him living in here and taking control. You know, I, I was studying this week. And don't ask me why God's taking me into some things he's taking me into. But when I got into Adam and Eve last week, and how God brought them together on the sixth day. And he told them, he said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. We know that 
creation is 6,000 years. And then that seventh day, God rested for another thousand years. The fullness of Him set out in man. So if we just say 500 years on the sixth day, Adam and Eve was together, and a thousand years on the seventh day they was together, you don't think they had kids? Sure they did. They had kids a long time before Cain and Abel ever come along and Pat. But see, everything they brought forth, and this is what I begin to think on. Everything they brought forth, they brought it forth in the image and likeness of God. And I thought, God, He brought forth, she brought forth the image and likeness of God. Then she brought forth again. Then she brought forth again. Then she brought forth again. However many times she's having kids. Once every two years, once every three years, we don't know. There was no labor. There was no pain. There was no there was no hardship. There was break. But everything was coming because that was the only thing in the earth. That was the only nature in the earth. And they populated the earth with people in the image and likeness of God. I said, our minds can't go there. We fight this old carnal nature and this old carnality. And we fought it so long we can't imagine. A generation coming forth in the image and the likeness of God and populating the earth. Well, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. We're fixing to put on this image of Jesus. We're going to put him on right here in this mortal flesh. Are you hearing me? We fixing to put him on. Hallelujah. I said we fixing to put him on. Hallelujah. Because it's time. Something got to happen. And I told God, I said, Ray, see something happen. I'm tired of no miracles. I'm tired of no healing. I'm tired of no deliverance. I said, so you better do something or you better quiet my spirit down because I'm stepping out on the limb and I'm taking the saw and I'm sawing off behind me and I'm hollering, here I come, Lord, catch me, Jesus. I'm going to dare to believe God. When I went down to Brother Proke's tent Saturday night a week ago and I prayed for that woman that hadn't heard and spoke in 33 years and the Spirit of God hit her and she began to hear in that right ear. And then I prayed for another lady with one leg shorter than the other. And that leg grew out and Sister Deborah was holding that foot. She told me after service, she said, Brother Metter, she said, I ain't never felt nothing like that in my life. She said, I was holding that lady's foot and I felt it grow in my hand. She said, the power of God hit me so strong, it about knocked me in the dirt. And another lady come up and said, I was in your meeting in 1990 and you prayed for a short leg and God grew it. And I need my knees healed. And man, it's just like something started moving. And I looked and everybody had their cell phones out recording the service. Because I was preaching on a gospel of peace. Are you with me? And God was beginning to move. Where's them ministers? Where's that faith? Where's that deliverance? Where are these people that'll dare believe that God is God and he ain't changed? My God, get ready. Hallelujah. Because suddenly, 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 I ain't talking about a talking tongues. I'm talking about, he said, in the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. This ain't about John the Baptist. This ain't about before Jesus came. This is our day. This is our day right now. He's preparing to come to this temple suddenly like a lightning flash. Just like that, he's going to come in. And that life of Jesus... Man, God gave me a scripture last night. So excited me. Hallelujah. 
Won't you go to 2 Corinthians 4 with me? Thank you, Jesus. See, my God's a God of power. That word Sister Susie kept saying sovereignty. Do y'all know what that means? Supreme power, authority, control. Everything's under subjection to him. He's the sovereign God. He's got it all in his hand. He got it all in control. He got it all in control. Stand on your feet right now. God's going to give you a miracle. Felt it right there. Take your glasses off. I felt it right there. Whoa! Ha! Hey! I curse this mass. I curse it at the root like he cursed the fig tree, my master. And I command it to wither and die. In Jesus' name. Woo! Glory. Your hell's coming back, Sister Pat. You hear me? God ain't through with you. God's getting you ready. God's preparing you. God's preparing you to suddenly come to his temple. The trial you went through, Sister Susie, the devil tried to destroy you. God tried you with that cancer, but the devil tried to kill you. We're coming through. 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 Ain't no weapon formed against us can prosper. Can't prosper. Hallelujah. Ain't no weapon formed against you can prosper. Glory. Thank you, Lord. There's purpose today. <laughs> He's here. Y'all feel him? He's here. He's here. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels right here. We're going to have this treasure right here. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We'll trouble on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted for not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing, now listen to this, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. The life of what? Jesus. The ministry of the Son of Man. The very life of Jesus. I didn't say Christ. I said Jesus. That the very life of Jesus might be made manifest Right here in our body. In our body. Y'all hearing me? For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus, now listen to this, might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Y'all see this? The life of Jesus, the ministry of the Son of Man as he was on this earth will be made manifest in our mortal flesh flesh. The sons of God ministry will not be revealed in your mortal flesh. It can't be. It can't be. 
the kingdom of heaven, flesh and blood can't inherit it uh, before we can become sons of God uh, like he did uh, with us incorrupt. This corruptible's got to put on incorruption. Uh, this mortal's got to put on immortality. Uh, is anybody following me? Uh, are you following me? Uh, but the life of Jesus will be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Uh, but the sons of God ministry uh, has got to wait till in a moment, uh, in a twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump. Uh, and that trump shall sound. Uh, Paul said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep uh, in Jesus. Uh, but those of us that have endured, those of us which are alive and remain, uh, we shall be changed. Woo! Are y'all getting this? This corruption is going to put on incorruption. This mortal is going to put on immortality. And this is going to be brought to pass the same. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Because, see, when you do this, death is swallowed up in victory. You don't die. You don't have to die. You got victory over it. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is what? Death is swallowed up in victory. <laughs> He's destroyed. He ain't got no power over you. Oh, I know, son. Some of y'all sitting there, you're looking at me, what? But matter what are you saying? I'm saying the ministry of the Son of Man is fixing to step into us right here in this mortal body. As he was on this earth. As he was on this earth. We fixing to put him on. We fixing to put him on because the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly, 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 he fixing to come to his temple. Suddenly, says Debra, he's fixing to come. Uh, we've been waiting on him. We've been preparing. We've been getting ready. Uh, we've been mopping and waxing and uh, and priming and patching holes and cleaning and sanding and painting. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, we've been getting everything ready. Uh, been getting this old temple ready. Uh, this old temple been battered and bruised and wounded and worn. Uh, but he just keeps coming in and patching uh, and healing and uh, replacing and making whole. Uh, and now he's getting us ready uh, for the life of Jesus uh, might be made manifest in your mortal flesh right here this right here right now uh, but the sons of God ministry uh, whoa, I'll get to that next week <laughs> hallelujah for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our Mortal. Right here. This right here. Mortal. Mortal. Flesh. Not immortal. The life of Jesus is going to live right here. Going to live right here in me. On this earth. Just like he was and he walked this earth. I'm going to be just like him. And then, that's my stepping stone. That's my stepping stone. To become a son of God. Y'all still with me? Let's go back to Luke 17. Woo. I'm going to read verse 24 again. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. See, Jesus was fixing to go to the cross. He wasn't talking about his life. 
he was talking about when he's revealed in us. He was talking, I'm, I'm fixing to show you, he's talking about the revealing of the Son of Man. He wasn't talking about what he had lived and what he had done. He's talking about our day when the Spirit and power comes back in to reveal him living in us. Are y'all with me? But first, must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Where are we right now? Where are we right now? Are we not in the days of Lot? Are we not in the days of Noah? Genesis, the sixth chapter. First verse. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair. Now these sons of God right here ain't fallen angels. These sons of God right here are the children of Adam and Eve that was brought forth in the image and likeness of God. So a son, a fallen angels cannot be sons of God. You hear me? Fallen angels cannot be sons of God, and spiritual beings don't come down and have a relationship with natural people. So the sons of God was the seed that Adam and Eve had all them years while they were still producing and bringing forth in the image and likeness of God. If you read Genesis, the fifth chapter, until Adam brought Seth forth, the Bible says Adam brought forth a son in his image and in his likeness and named him Seth. Even Cain and Abel still had some traits. It's like I told you, it's like a tree when you uh, bring them together. You can take a yellow tree, you can take a red apple tree, and you can uh, graft them together. That's the word I'm looking for, graft them together. Well, the sap that's in that red apple branch, if it's in that yellow apple tree, that sap in there is going to produce a red apple, then it's going to produce an orange apple, then next year it may be a little less orange, and then next year it may be a little less orange, but somewhere that limb's going to start producing yellow apples. Why? Because all the life and the sap that's in it is going to go out of it, and then it's going to draw from the root. My God, we may have some works of the flesh for a while, but somewhere we're going to draw from the root, and if the root is holy, then the branch has to be holy. Am I making sense to y'all? Somewhere this Carnality is going to die out if we'll quit feeding it. If y'all quit feeding yourself carnality and all the works of the flesh and the things of this life and begin to feed yourself on the sap out of the tree of life and let the tree of life begin to rise up in you, you're going to begin to put on some Jesus. You're going to begin to put on some Jesus. You're going to begin to put on some of his nature, his mind, his spirit, his word, his actions, his thoughts. And my God, this old Chucky won't keep coming alive. <laughs> Y'all just have to hear Brother Cromer preach on Chucky. Maybe it won't be too long we can get him up here. But I'm going to tell you, when he come to the church in Alabama and preached on the intimacy of power, and he broke that thing down and he showed people how that when you become intimate with God and get really intimate with Him, that's where your power is. When you get in real relationship with God and you just 
love him. That's all you got to do to love him. I love that woman back there. Anything's in my power and I feel like she needs it. She's got it. And you think about God, the supreme being, has control and power over everything. If you truly show him you love him and you fellowship with him and you make love to him and you commune with him and you please him, he, gonna, he said, I'll withhold you no good thing. To him that walketh uprightly, I will withhold from him no good thing. To the willing and obedient, they're going to do what? Eat the good of the land. He wants to give us of his fullness and his goodness. He loves us. He loved us enough he sent his son to die for us. Sent him to be an example to teach us how to live holy, to live clean, to live right. Took all the barriers out of the way so that we can be reconciled back to God. In other words, we can be returned back to the place man fell from. I'm not looking just to get my soul saved and get my sins forgiven and go to heaven. I'm looking to go be reconciled. I'm looking to go back to that place God created man in the beginning. <laughs> but I ain't just going there. I'm going with the full benefit. See, there was no spiritual death back then. <laughs> and, and they didn't have power over spiritual death. <laughs> but Jesus had it. Jesus had it. They, they, they had God living in them. And they was made in the image and likeness of God. But they, there's, there's more to this Christ than what we've ever seen. And I'm going to get this son of man first. Because he fixed to be revealed. And what did he say? As it was in the days of Noah. Where's people's heads at today? It ain't on, the, it ain't on serving God. Was it 2 Timothy 4? He said, men shall become uh, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Luke, he gave the parable of the sower. And he said, beware lest the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this life. Do what? Choke out the word. Anything that comes up and you're supposed to be in church, God gets put on the back burner. Tell me it ain't right. Tell me I ain't. Anything that comes up. Birthdays, anniversaries, events, family events, sporting events, social events, anything you feel like you got to do, God gets bumped. Did I say that out loud? Did, yeah, didn't I? God gets bumped. Then he says, Pat, yes, he, he gets bumped. And it ain't right because he's the Almighty. He is the sovereign God, He is the supreme. Your first priority should be your relationship with Almighty God. That's your first priority in life. Should nothing come before Him. Nothing. Why? He controls all things. He's the supreme being. Hallelujah. Now, verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also his flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Do y'all think the wickedness of man right now is great in the earth? As it was in the days of Noah? Is the wickedness great? And he went on and said, in every thought, every imagination and thought of men's hearts is only evil continually. Man, people just evil now. I mean, you can't, you can't hardly find people that care one for another. 
When you grew up, you had neighbors. People cared about one another. People helped one another. Man, people stand 50 feet from you now and watch somebody beat you to death or shoot you and kill you and turn around and walk off and won't even care. What is it? I'll tell you what it is. The spirit of this beast getting a hold of people. The spirit of this beast getting a hold of people. And people get done feeling, they get done caring, they get done loving because there's a hardness. And when the spirit of the beast comes in, in this Antichrist, people ain't going to care about you. You'll be persecuted, you'll be put to death, your family will be destroyed if you claim to be a servant of God, and they won't even blink an eye because they don't care. There's a hardness taking people over. And God's trying to get us ready for it. But Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, People are going to go right on living. They're going to go right on building, planning to build, marrying, giving into marriage, planting. They're going to go right on living life. They're going to go right on getting caught up in life. They're going to go right on seeking for the pleasures of life. And right now, there's a spirit taking people over. Sin is prevalent in the church. I mean, you got a church full of fornicators, adulterers, perverts. you you, you got a, a, a church full of people going to live their own lives. They don't care. They're going to fulfill the lust of their flesh. They don't care what the Word says. They don't care how it's preached, how it's prophesied. What kind of anointings in the church? People don't care. They're going to follow the lust of their flesh. And that's what God tried to warn us about. He said, it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Lot, this is how it's going to be in the day that the Son of Man is revealed. Where is he going to be revealed? Right here. Inside me and you. We're at that day. Will you all agree with me? We're at that day. We're at that day that light is called darkness and darkness is called light. Evil is called good, good is called evil, bitter is called sweet, and sweet calls bitter, Isaiah. It's what Isaiah prophesied. And we're there. And we're there. And all people want to do is make excuses how they want to live. Justify their sin, justify their rebellion, justify their disobedience. But you hide and watch. Because Jesus said, in the same day Noah entered into the ark, great destruction came same day that Lot went out of Sodom God destroyed them did you know that them two angels walked into Sodom Lot was sitting at the gate saw him come in he got him and ushered him into his house before they even ate their meal and laid down the men of the city was beating on the door said bring them out we want to know them. They were perverted. They were unclean. And Lot went out and tried to persuade them. He said, I got two daughters, virgins, never knew a man. He said, I'll give you them. These men are under my protection, they're under my covering. They didn't want the daughters. They wanted the two men. And the Bible said they was pushing on Lot so hard as a breath to break the door down. And the angels reached out and grabbed Lot and pulled him in and smoked him in with blindness. And after they got smoked with blindness, they wearied themselves to find the door. Still wanted. So bound with perversion. So bound with evil. And the Lord said, this kind of spirit's going to be in the earth when the Son of Man's revealed. He said, but get ready. He said, the day that I led Lot out of Sodom, he said, I destroyed it. There's fixing me great judgment. Yes, fixing me great judgment, children. Yes, fixing me great. I'm talking about God has protected this country. I've had people say to me, well, God bless America. I said, uh-uh, not no more. 
God told me in 93, he said, I will no longer bless America as a nation. I will protect those that live righteous. And I will be with it. But a nation as a whole, he said, I ain't protecting America no more. Why should he? Why should God bless America? America don't care about God. They don't want to seek his face. All they want is his hand. People want to live ungodly. They want to live evil. They want to live perverted. They want to live unclean. And when tragedy comes, they won't call mama. They won't call daddy. They won't call grandma. They won't call somebody except prayer faithful. And people get on Facebook calling all prayer warriors. And won't you go to prayer for a fornicator, an adulterer, that don't intend to change their ways. They just want God to heal them. They just want God to bless them. I believe in praying for folks. But you know that word warrior means a fighter, means a laborer, means somebody's going in fight and get the job. I can't find very many prayer warriors now. <laughs> we used to have what we called intercessory prayer warriors. The people would go. They didn't preach. But if God ever spoke to them about something, they'd get in prayer and they'd stay in prayer two, three, four hours a day, day and a half, two days, and they would pray till God moved. They were interced they interceded. There is intercessory prayer. But I don't believe God's gonna have you intercede for somebody who don't want to live right. Just want God to heal them or God to bless them or God to move their circumstances. I don't believe that. And I won't pray for folks no more in those situations. I won't do it. People get mad at me, but I won't do it. Had a lady come up one time to me to pray. She said, Don't you pray for God to save my son? I said, Are you for real? She said, yes, sir. I said, you want him saved? She said, yeah. I said, give me your hand. I took her hand. I said, God, let trouble come. Take his job. Take his home. Take his car. Put him in sickness. She yanked her. I said, what are you doing? I said, you said you wanted him saved. I said, did you get saved when everything was good? She kind of looked at me. She said, no. I said, God had to take you down to nothing, didn't he? She said, yeah. I said, you want, them, you want them living good and going to hell? I said, you want them to go through trouble and get saved? She said, put the trouble on them. I'd rather have them go through trouble and God save them than I had to see them living good and die and go to hell. You hear me? And there's people right now, God's beginning to turn up the heat on them. Oh, God, what are you doing to me? I'm putting you in the furnace of affliction because in the furnace of affliction is where I'm going to find you. When I put you in there, I'm going to look, see how you're doing. And if you ain't doing what I want, I'm going to take that big old fan and I'm going to fan that fire and I'm going to heat it up seven times hotter and I'm, then I'm going to see how you're doing. And somewhere in that furnace of affliction, I'm going to choose you. Isaiah 48 and 10. For I've chosen you in the furnace of affliction. Not out of it, in it. I'm going to put you through it. And see, we think we've gone through something. Uh-uh. This tribulation that's coming, that's the sufferings of Christ. Does that make sense to y'all? This tribulation that's coming, that's the sufferings of Christ. And this is what's going to bring this full measure of Jesus into us as we go through tribulation, as we grow, this Jesus is going to be revealed in us more and more and more. 
Because right now, we know in part. We understand in part. We prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which in part is what? It's done away with. See, ain't nothing in our lives being done away with. Everybody won't stay with the old order. They won't understand in part. They won't get prophesied to in part. They won't go to church and do the same thing. Y'all with me? Doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting different results is insanity. That's the reason every so often I throw a wrinkle in everything. I don't care if Sister Susie comes in here next week and the Spirit of the Lord falls on her and she sings for 45 minutes as long as it's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They had a service in Fort Payne last week. They said the Spirit of the Lord fell and got in the worship and for about an hour they just worshiped and praised and sang and magnified God. And I talked to my son. And he said, Daddy, he said, we ain't seen that kind of move of God and I don't know when. He said, but it was real and it was right. I said, that's good. And that's fine. But don't come in here every week and try to make God perform. Because people don't seek the mind and the will in the face of God. They come in church, get up, pray a five-minute fiery prayer. I'm going to get myself in all kind of trouble. I'm serious. When I first got saved and I used to go to church, I wanted to pray. I wanted to get in the presence of God. People come in there and they'd stand around and talk. Get there 10 minutes for service, 5 minutes for service, and then they'd stand around and talk and talk. All right, we're going to start service. Let's go to prayer. Hey, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, God. We praise you, God. We worship you, Lord. Boom, and going to singing. Form, program, tradition, anything you want to call it. And your carnal man and everything you went through that day still just oozing out of your pores. <laughs> and your mind ain't nowhere near on what God wants to do or where God wants to take us. So see, I don't care how God moves. But I'm not going to get in a form. We can make a form out of what we're doing right here. That's the reason I told Sister Susie, Sister Susie, at any time or anybody leading the front, you got liberty to obey God. If you'd have felt the liberty to obey God and going with what you was going on today, I'd have sat right there. I don't care as long as the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And you know that, Sister Kathy. You've been with me in Fort Payne enough, and I've seen her take over service. Spirit of God, take her over. I ministered to her somewhere three or four years ago, and we went to Savannah a few days later. And I come out, and I sit there on the seat, and they call her to testify. Two hours later, I'm still sitting on the seat. <laughs> but it's all right. Spirit of God took her over and used her greatly. I've seen it happen with my son. I've seen it happen with Brother Michael. I've seen it happen with different individuals. For they that are led by the Spirit of God are what? 
That's where God's trying to take us. That's where God's trying to take us. But this ministry of the Son of Man has to come forth first. And all this evil that's in the earth, Jesus said, this is what's going to be here when the Son of Man is revealed. So he fixed to be revealed. He fixed to be revealed. Are y'all with me? Yes. He fixed to be revealed. Hallelujah. Glory. Now I'm going to Matthew 24. Might have got my, some of my scriptures in a different order than what I had them wrote down, but that's okay. Let's just look at verse 21. And I don't know what all I've got marked, but I'll, I'll start here. For there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be short. You know, everybody hollers about the days being short. And man said, told me, he said, well, God said he'd shorten days. I said, yeah, but what days did he say he'd shorten? He just looked at me. I said, he said he'd shorten the days of tribulation. So you are going through tribulation. But God said he'd shorten the days. Yeah, he said he'd shorten the days of tribulation. So you don't know how long God intended to take us to it, but he said, I will shorten the days of tribulation for my elect or my chosen sake. So you're going to go through it. You may not endure it. You may not survive it. But if you do, there's a reward on the other end. But for the elect's sake or the chosen, those days should be shortened. And if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if were possible they shall deceive the very elect. A lot of people are being deceived with false miracles. Y'all remember when the Lord spoke to us a couple weeks ago? I played that prophecy. How that the Lord said people, Sister Angela prophesied down there, said how people were operating under the wrong spirit. And the Lord showed me a couple of weeks before that that people were working. I mean, people claim to have the Holy Ghost working spirit of divination, spirit of soothsaying. Did you know all through the Old Testament that the, the prophets that prophesied to the kings, they prophesied false visions, they prophesied out of their own heart, they worked with spirit of divination, and then the real would stand up. They'd lock horns. <laughs> One guy stood up against Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said, yeah, well, if God's spoken by me, it won't be long, they'll bury you. And it wasn't long, they buried him. And Ahab, I think he's with Jehoshaphat, wanting to go up and have a battle. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord? All these prophets were around prophesied. Go up, man, God's going to give you great victory. Go up, go up, go up. God's going to give you great victory. I believe he's going up to Ramoth Khalid. Said, go up. God's going to give you great victory. Jehoshaphat looking around said, is there not a real prophet of the Lord among all these clowns? He said, yeah, there's one. He said, but I don't like him. said, he always, he'll never tell me nothing good. He won't let me shout. He won't let me sing. He won't let me get in emotion and feel good. He wants me to stick to the word of the Lord. That brother better, I tell you. Jehoshaphat said, we'll bring him. He went up and looked at Ahab. 
He said, the word of the Lord spoke to me, Ahab. He said, how shall I persuade Ahab to go up to Ramoth-Galeed and fall there? He said, I will be a lying spirit in the mouths of his prophets. He said, if you go up to Ramoth-Galeed and you return alive, he said, God ain't spoke by me. We're in a day of deception. We're in a day of evil. We're in a day that the Lord said that they're going to come to great signs and wonders that they'll even call fire down from heaven. They're going to do great signs and wonders. He didn't say they'd have great healings and deliverance. Now I'm going to tell you something. When God starts putting the arms back on the maimed, and pulling the paraplegic out of the wheelchairs and raising the dead from the embalmed state, you better know God's with somebody. But just to show great signs and wonders, they said they'd call fire down from heaven, do things like that. You better watch yourself. Because they're deception. And if we ain't careful just before this great move of God comes in, there's going to be a false move. It's going to sidetrack people. It's going to get them off track. Because I'm going to tell you something. The one thing you can't get people to do is pray. You can get them to shout. You can get them to sing. You can get them to eat. You can get them to worship. In what the church calls worship now, but you can't get them to pray. It's going to be a praying person with a relationship with God that's going to be able to discern. Why? We've exercised our senses. Hebrews 5 and 12. We've exercised our senses to discern good and evil. Amen. Strong meat belongeth to who? Them that are of full age. But Paul said, when the time has come, you ought to be teachers. You have need to want to teach you again what be the first principles of the oracles of God. You don't even know the basics. You don't even know the foundations. That's the reason when I was bringing that word out last week and y'all just sitting here to look at me. I just looked at you and said, don't y'all ever read y'all's Bibles? <laughs> Man, you got to read this word to know it. You got to read it to live by it. You got to study it to have it revealed. Amen. You got to put it before your eyes. You know what God told Joshua? He said, set my word before your eyes day and night. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Don't depart from it. Live by my word and keep it in front of your eyes day and night. In Deuteronomy, he said, let my word be the first thing you read of the morning, the last thing you read at night. He said, write it upon the doorpost of your house. Tell your kids about it. When you walk around through the earth, he said, you talk about my word. He said, you let my word be written on the doorpost of your house. We don't want God to have control of our lives. We still love ourselves too much. That's all right. Get ready. Judgment starts hitting. Trouble starts coming. You start seeing things. Things that are happening right now ain't nothing what God's fixing to do. When we was in Alabama in April of 2011 and it was back in March God spoke to me and he gave me this word he said for this time I brought you to the kingdom he said the devil's going to try to destroy my people he said you call people into seven days of prayer and fasting I sent letters out everywhere to people preachers, churches and I said we're going to go into fasting and prayer over these days and I said I want you to know Go with me. I even had a brother and sister from Canada 
said, Brother Metal, we're going to fly down and be in that meeting. I said, now look. I said, you come down. You understand this is prayer. I ain't preaching. I'm not going to preach. We will be praying. We will be seeking the face of God. God told us to pray and fast and seek the face of God. I'm not preaching. Nobody's going to be preaching unless God speaks through somebody. Right in the middle of that meeting is when the tornadoes hit and tore Alabama, Mississippi. I don't know what all they tore up, but, man, they killed, it killed into the hundreds. And you know what the Lord told me? He said, if you had not obeyed my voice and got my people in prayer and seeking my face, because there was a tornado that sits down six miles from Fort Payne, Alabama and killed 33 people. They wiped the trailer park out over. God said, I would have sent that thing right downtown Fort Payne. And he said, I would have destroyed Fort Payne, Alabama. He said, but because you petitioned me and hearkened to my voice, he said, I spared my people. And it was just about a week later the Lord spoke to me and said, if you think these were something, he said, what I'm fixing to do if people don't turn to me, he said, these will be like a gentle breeze compared to what I'm fixing to bring forth. And you know, it wasn't about a month after that, he destroyed Jop Joplin, Missouri, just like he destroyed Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It's almost a month to the day a tornado sat down in Joplin, Missouri and just wiped it off the face of the map. Tuscaloosa was almost wiped off the face of the map. Towns all over. Rainsville, Alabama, it just missed downtown Rainsville, Alabama. If it hit downtown, it had wiped it off the face of the earth. Are y'all listening to me? God is angry about sin. He's angry about the coldness and the lukewarmness. He ain't angry at the sinner. He's angry at God's people. Because we're supposed to be the standard bearer. Why has the standard got let down and the landmark been moved? The landmark's been moved, says Susie. And God said in his word, he said, don't you move the old landmark. Don't you move that standard of righteousness. Don't you move that landmark that keeps people in the straight and narrow. Don't you move it. And it's been moved and that's wide. And it's broad. As long as you come to church, pay your tithes, in attendance, go ahead and live like you want to. <laughs> no. My God's still a God of holiness. He's still a God of righteousness. He's still a God of cleanliness. And God requires things out of us. You have a duty to God when you accept Him as your Savior to live clean and to walk upright according to His Word. It is the duty of man to walk upright before God, to fear Him, and to do right. We fix to see some bad stuff. Y'all think these little old terrorist attacks? No, they ain't nothing. I warn people from 96 or 97 all the way up. And I told them, I said, if they don't get us on mental hodden, I said, there's something that hits this country that's going to make the Oklahoma City bombing look like a picnic. And y'all look what happened. They tried to bomb the World Trade Center in 93. We was in India, and they tried to bomb it. They missed. But they come after it again. 3,000, almost 4,000 people got killed. And you know what's happened to our leaders? God's done this to them. They're blind. They can't see. They can't see what's fixing to happen. I prayed, says Pat, about 9-11. I said, God, what happened? I said, they was all over these guys. The FBI was all over them. He said, I'm blinded their eyes. They couldn't see. They couldn't reason. Right now, we got leaders that can't see. They can't reason. There ain't no such thing as common sense in government anymore. There's not. I preached that word here 
that a, a, a darkness has covered the earth and a gross darkness has covered the people. And I read a scripture the other day, I think in Jeremiah, and said that these people are walking in gross darkness and in the shadow of death. They're walking in gross darkness. And we're having to survive in this. But God's trying to get us ready for the ministry of the Son of Man. Because right in the middle of all this, he said, I'm going to be revealed. I'm going to be revealed. This tribulation is going to be the sufferings of Christ that's going to bring you to the sons of God ministry. Because if you suffer with him, going to reign with him, when are you going to reign with him? You ain't going to reign with him in the ministry of Jesus. You're going to reign with him in the sons of God ministry. Are y'all with me? We're going to rule and reign with Christ what? thousand years. You going to live a thousand years in this old beat up body you in? My God, we can't even make it to 50 or 60 and we start falling apart. How y'all going to make it to a thousand? It's got to be a change. This body has got to be redeemed. My spirit man's been redeemed, but my body hadn't. There's a redemption of the body. It's going to bring forth the manifestation of the sons of God. Oh, my God, I feel them. Woo! Sometimes this thing gets churning in me. I don't know what to do with it. I feel like running six or seven ways all at one time. Because <laughs> I feel it just wanting to get out and go. Do something. Bring forth the Jesus. That I can get ready to bring forth the Christ. That's what I'm after. Oh, I want to be like Jesus. But I want to know him power of his resurrection Paul said in the fellowship of his sufferings that's what I'm looking for nobody's ever possessed that and ministered in it are y'all hearing me nobody Jesus himself has never ministered on this earth in the power of the resurrection somebody got to get this somebody got to inherit this somebody got to possess it amen you know what John 14, 12 says? Turn over. Now, 14 and 12. I think I'm right. Stop right there. For verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Sons of man. And what? And greater works. And greater works than these shall he do. Because what? Go to my Father. He went to his Father, obtained eternal redemption, came back, the greater works we're going to do, sons of God ministry. Sons of God ministry. Because ain't nobody ever done greater works than Jesus. But we're fixing to. Because now he's the Christ. And the Christ is going to live in us. Not just the nature of Jesus, but the Christ, which is the fullness of God. For if we suffer with him, we're going to reign with him. <laughs> For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 
Woo, it's getting good, Sister Deborah. feel like I'm walking in tall cotton. I love my Jesus. I love him. I love him. I love him. He paid it all for me. Totally destroyed the devil. I'm not bound by spiritual death anymore. I'm not bound by spiritual death. I don't have to fear hell. I don't have fear hell. People out there don't know God. They fear going to hell. People will tell you they don't believe in God, but I'm going to tell you something. Every one of them fear going to hell. <laughs> they fear going to hell. Verse 24, and I'm still in Matthew 24. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets that shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible they, should deceive, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, Go not forth, behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. Hallelujah. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Amen. The Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple glory I'm going back to Luke 17 and I read verse 30 even thus shall it be in the day when the son of man, man is revealed and in that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house let him not come down to take it away and he that is in the field let him likewise not return back this ain't talking about the Lord catching people out because if he gonna catch you out you don't need your stuff if he gonna catch you out, you ain't gonna have time to come down off your housetop. If he gonna catch you out, you ain't gonna have time to come out of your field. Y'all hear me? But he ain't gonna catch you out. He gonna walk you through and let you suffer. That he can get you ready for the sons of God ministry. Amen. Because this Jesus is gonna be made manifest in this mortal flesh. I believe that. But then there's coming a day somewhere after we go through tribulation. See, that's what the Lord showed me last week, the seventh trump. The rest in Hebrews 4. The kingdom of God. The millennium. All these are one and the same. It's all going to happen at the same time. I've probably read y'all five or six scriptures on the last trump last week. Broke it down and showed it to you. Started out with the rest of God. Took you to Genesis. But on the seventh day, God rested. Where did God rest? In man. God didn't get tired. He ain't weary. He don't get tired. He rested in man. Isaiah 66. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. Where is the building that you will build for me? Or where is the place of my rest? It's again in Acts 7. Same thing. Where's the place of his rest? Right here. We're coming to the end of the 6,000 day. That sixth year. I mean that sixth day, 6,000 years. We're coming to the end of it. When we come to the end of it, that seventh day, God's got to have a people made ready to live in in the fullness again because he sanctified the seventh day as a day of rest. God's word can't be broken. God's word can't be broken. Somebody going to be made ready to, to get this. Y'all hear me? Somebody going to be ready. Brother Donald, I may not get it. You may not get it. Just knowing about it, don't get it. Sis Susie, just having God reveal the knowledge of this, don't mean we get it. 
Don't mean we get it. We got to take the test. And the test is great tribulation. Ooh-wee. The test is great tribulation. So if you don't want to go, bye. Save me a seat. You don't want to go through tribulation? Save me a seat. Because I'm going to stay here and put on the sons of God ministry and I'm going to rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. You go on to heaven. I don't want to go. I want my inheritance. I want my inheritance, Sister Pat. I want to be like the Christ. I want the Christ to live in me. That's what he chose me for. That's what he ordained me for, that I could be a son of God. That's what he told me in 89. He said, I'll put you on this earth for one reason, become a manifested son of God. I didn't put you here to be a husband. I didn't put you here to be a daddy. I didn't put you here to do anything else except be a son of God. And I showed you that scripture in, in the first chapter of John last week. What it says, he came unto his own, and his own received him not, but to as many as received him. To them gave he power. He gave them the ability and the rights to become sons of God. God right now has given us the ability and the rights to become sons of God. He's showing us how to do it. We've been given the ability. We are being given the ability. And then it went on and said, which were not born of flesh, not born of blood, not born of the will of man, but were born of the will of God. Amen. That means he's got sons. And that's what he told me. He said, I put you in your mama's womb because it's time for me to bring you forth. He said, your mama didn't have a boy because she had done had three girls. He said, your mama had a boy. He said, because it's my will for you to be born at this time. And he said, and I named you. I told your mama what to name you. Because I used to stand up and I'd come out of my tent and I'd feel a little religious devil there. And I said, y'all know I'm in the Bible? I'd get him glare at me and start looking at me. I said, yeah, I'm in the Bible. I'm in John, the first chapter. Bible said there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I said, that's me. <laughs> oh, and I'd struck a religious devil. I'd make them so mad. Sister Pat, if he didn't have false teeth, they could have bit me. But you know what the Lord told me? He said, you stop joking about that. He said, I did tell your mom what to name you. And you are sent by me. I'm just telling you what God told me. But I still got to possess what he's put me here for. Just because I'm here don't mean I'm automatically going. Just because Jesus came down here didn't mean he could automatically become the Christ. He had to labor for it. He had to surrender. He had to yield. He had to lose his whole life. But once he became the Christ, look what he does. My God. Paved the way for all of us. And have you ever read the scripture that said he's the firstborn among many brethren? You read that scripture? He's the firstborn among men. What's it mean? He's the firstborn among many brothers. See, I'll, I'll make you think. <laughs> it's one thing my preaching do, it'll make you think. And you need to think, you need to study. Amen. We need to get ready. Because the ministry of the Son of Man, fix step on scene. And I won't be ready. Amen. You won't be ready? Go to prayer with me. Father, I thank you for this word. God, I thank you for these scriptures, the revelation, what you're doing, how you're bringing forth. And all I'm asking is, Father, give us a hungry heart. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking to the church. And we give you honor and praise and glory.
In Jesus' name. Amen. Now we got the service from last week. We got it up on the website, but we didn't get it up this morning. So it's there, but if you want a CD or a DV, give Brother Philip Mikey one. It's a very important service last week. Powerful revealing the Word of God from last week. You need it. I didn't have time to put together notes from last week. I, I put together a few scriptures, but I didn't have time to put together any thoughts. And See, y'all don't understand. When I start putting these thoughts down, sometimes it takes me hours. She can tell you. I mean, sometimes it'll take me two or three days because I don't just get in there and write something. I let the Spirit of God lead me. And this is to help you understand what God's revealing to me and where God's wanting to take us. So, I want y'all to study these. I ain't doing them for something to do. I'm doing to help you understand where God's wanting to take us. Amen. Because there's something being revealed. And y'all be praying with me. I'd like to see a tent revival in L&J before the season's over. I mean, I would. I'd love to see a tent revival. Well, we got some good preachers in this church. I'd love to see a good tent revival. Amen. So y'all pray with me. But I want it to be God's time and God's location. Because somebody's going to believe this word. Lord told me when he put this in me, he said, you be careful what you preach because what you preach is going to reproduce or what you plant is going to reproduce. So I'm planting what God's given me. So it's going to reproduce. It's going to bring forth seed. It's going to bear root downward. Grow upward, it's going to bear root downward. It's going to bring forth fruit. This kingdom is going to bring forth fruit. Because in the book of Acts, second chapter, very last verse, it said God gave them favor. I believe it says God gave him favor with all men and such as should be saved was added to the church daily. That's what I want to see. I want to see folks saved. I want to see them added to the church. I want to see them grounded in the truth. Not religion, not doctrines of men, but the truth. I appreciate the Lord for this. Y'all appreciate the Lord for this? Give him a great big old praise. I love and appreciate him. I do. Hallelujah. And I'm going to go ahead and receive the offer and ask you to honor the Lord. Please, children, help us fight. Because there's things I'm wanting to do. And I told God the other day, I said, I'll be so glad when you break things loose. But it was about three years in Fort Payne before we got broke loose financially. We had some rough services down there, didn't we, Sister Susie? <laughs> Sometimes we'd have just like this. Church seat. 100 plus people I'd go in there on Friday night sometime on Saturday night preach to a half a dozen that's alright God got it grounded and see that's my responsibility once I get a church grounded established on the word and ordained elders God put me somewhere else Yeah, just like I'm doing now. I preached down there like that for months and years, laboring for the people that was there. See, it ain't the people that ain't there. It's the people that's there. You take them, you work something in them. You work with them. You, you cultivate. You water. You encourage. You teach. If I can get one person to start doing what God's saying, then another person, then another person, then another person, then we're going to bring forth some fruit. 
Amen. If you can help us today personally, I'd greatly appreciate it. Because we're not drawing anything from our business. Hadn't now in probably a couple of months. I'm just about to shut it all completely down. And so, anything you can do to help us. We may even have to go over and visit Sister Pat and get some possum stew. Come on, honor the Lord. I tell you what, this man right here, I was telling uh, Kathy yesterday, I said, you know, we believe in the man that could turn water to wine, and I said, we can't even believe we can get water from a whale. <laughs> oh, I've done a lot of praying. Come on and obey the Lord. Do what's right in God's eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for His mercy and His goodness. God bless you. Hallelujah. God's good to us. Y'all know that? He's good to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But this word right here, it works up in you if you let it. It'll bring forth. Get your seed in the ground, it'll bring forth. Amen. Hallelujah. I've enjoyed the service today. Thank you, Jesus. Let's ask God to bless this offering. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, bless this, Lord. God, you know our needs. You know the church's needs. You know the need of the ministry. You know what you're wanting done here. It's all in your hands. Bless this according to your will and your people, God. And let it be that your name be honored and glorified. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Sister Pat, I'm going to let you testify. Yes, ma'am. Just say something. And once tell whatever. But once we get through, y'all consider yourself dismissed. God bless you and I love you. But anyway, they couldn't find an IV, and they stuck, and they stuck, and they stuck. I said, please, let me come back another day. I'll come back as an outpatient. I'll have this done. I don't want to have it done today, because fear had overcome. Well, my cell phone rung. Guess who it was? Brother Matter. said, Sister Pat, how are you? Not doing too good. He said, Sister Pat, you're letting fear overtake you. The fear is of the devil. Well, anyway, they got an IV started. Old Pat, she mustered up enough faith, and I went down there. They wanted to put me to sleep. I said, no, I'm not going to sleep today. I'm going to do this the natural way. I prayed, and I laid right there on that table. He deadened the area. He said, I've never seen this done before. He stuck that needle in my chest four different times and got four different biopsies. 
But needless to say, that nurse said, I've been here 13 years. I've lost what she said. I've never she's done this without medication. But God is real. And I don't care where you're at. He shows up. Where you're in the cath lab, whether you're laying on a table under a CT scan, God is real. You know, and I feel like God has touched my life today. I feel better than I have felt in days. I don't feel as short of breath. My pulse is not 120. You know, I feel good about this. I have to go see the surgeon tomorrow. I don't know if I'll even go. I don't know if I need to go, you know. But I know there is a great physician. Let me tell you what. He is real. But anyway, I love all of y'all, and I appreciate your prayers. Continue to pray because the devil will definitely show up, but we can put him under our feet through the name of Jesus. Yes, thank y'all. I love you.